Hi guys, it's your host Matilda. Hi, and it's your host Hadiza. <laughs> and hi guys, it's your other host Imama. And you're listening to the Africa Lipso podcast. welcome back to today's episode how have your weeks been as usual it's been tiring oh yeah why so is it because it's cold outside i don't even know what it is outside i feel like a grandmother like you've not been out the same space yeah barely it's true as it should be sure it's true sure because covid is still outside yeah Yeah, still outside (laughs) in my head covid is literally waiting at the door for you to go outside and it's like like, what's the step outside please no i actually haven't i really haven't Mm -mm. they they keep saying ontario is breaking records i'm like (laughs) does it compare like more records records does it want to break (laughs) it's fine yeah how about you mama i've been good i've been like um just school has been busy work has been busy um Oh, I've been watching Girlfriends on Netflix because I finally oh came gosh, to... Oh my finally came out. Yeah, I finally came to Canada Netflix. I've been watching that. But it's crazy because it's like, I'm really enjoying it, obviously. But like, that's not even what I want to watch. I really want to watch Living Single. But like, I don't know where to watch it. Like literally, yeah, I found I found multiple places to watch from like season two forward. But I'm just like, no, I need to start from season one. Oh, so like, of Living Single. No, or what? Oh, I won't watch it. Ah. <laughs> so like i need to start from season one but like i found like lots of places where i can start from season two so i'm actively stressed yeah. but um Maybe i mean like i've been watching has the link. yeah if you guys have the link please send it my way because yeah. like i don't know where to watch it yeah but um but yeah i've been watching netflix like girlfriends on netflix and that has been fun and really school has been busy work has been busy you know just like it's gotten a lot colder outside i mean like we had like it really really warm like we had really good warmth for a while and then it just kind of got cold but yeah, um remember when it was like yeah i think like two weeks ago and it was like 21 degrees yeah exactly and it's like november i'm like please tell me the truth this is a lie like, <laughs> the weather is lying to us before it actually reduces again reduces so I, again i knew it was a lie but yeah it's cold outside now it is How what cold it is, is it? It's like, I think it dropped to the negatives yesterday night. Yeah. Oh. Let me see. Weather, oh, Ottawa. Jesus. It's so it's <laughs> so it's currently, it's currently not even bad. It's currently eight degrees, which is not bad. Oh, okay, but it's raining. So like the raining makes yeah. it cold, colder than mm. it is. Like I know on Monday, on Monday it's going to be between six degrees and minus three. So. That's not even so bad for It's not so bad to be like, honest. I'm, I'm seeing, you know, that thing that Snapchat does where it reminds you of like what happened a year mm. ago. And there was oh, yeah, and I saw snow. snow. Yeah, there yeah. was snow. Yeah. So I'll take this over anything, but it's not even like there's anywhere to go. So. But would you actually take it? Because that just means that global warming is really, really coming for us. <laughs> <That one laughs> so do you even want to take it? That one day, that one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For and me, it's not a few It's actually been very lonely. Oh my God, weren't you meant to come? over to mine and we're meant to watch a horror movie together yeah i was i know i'm sorry sorry for yourself shut up (laughs) (laughs) i think i'm lonely but i also don't want to leave my house as well as well that sounds like a you problem i don't know what i'm doing i think it's because like 5 p.m literally once i get up oh yeah that's true it's dark so i already feel like lazy and tired i just i don't this is about to be a long week oh i know what it is okay some people might not think it's a thing but it's, i think it's scientifically proven I seasonal get, depression i get seasonal depression mm. like i got it when i moved to toronto i completely fell into it and like i've never experienced anything like that and like once the sun comes out i'm like myself again but then mm. like yeah i i get really bad seasonal depression but um yeah anyways so this is a full episode so we're, we have a topic and you guys can probably see from the um, subject we have a line. topic <laughs> we are serious people. <laughs> people we came with a topic and we're talking about fumilayo ransom kuti and the reason i thought it would be a nice thing to do is because you know 
recently with the uh, NSARS movement, there was the feminist coalition. And like a lot of people are like, oh, women are leading this movement and stuff. And I'm like, we actually have a lot of powerful, really strong people in our history that I feel are left out of the books just because like I feel personally because she's a woman. Because what do you guys know about Fumilaya? Fumilaya. But you know what? I mean, I fully agree with that. But like, I also feel like another side to this is Nigerian's history books are just in tatas. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I feel like, you know, that can also really and truly be why she's been left out of the books and why we don't know a lot about her. Because there's so many people that I just feel like in general in Nigerian history that we do like we know zero to nothing about. Yeah. Zero to nothing. That doesn't make sense. But you get what I'm trying zero to say. To- <laughs> like, I didn't think no, about that. like, absolutely nothing about. And I really just feel like because our books are in tatas. But yeah, I mean, obviously, there's also the thing against women. So yeah. there is that. But um, yeah. I think it's insulting that, for me anyways, the only reason I know her name is because, you know, in the history books, they're like, who was the first woman to uh, drive a car in Nigeria? And they'll mm, say her name. Yeah. Did you um, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know of her until I was introduced to... So when I was introduced to Nigerian history was when I first read Half of a Yellow Sun. Yeah. Uh, they so, talked about her? No, they didn't. Okay. But then that's when I started researching um, Nigerian history. And then I read about um, Fumilayo. But I don't think prior to that I really knew who she was. Even the car thing? um, No, I don't think I knew who she was. Actually, same. Like I didn't really Really? know about her until until it was Twitter. It was Twitter. Actually, actually, I feel like it it might have been you or Twitter, one of one of you both, (laughs) that introduced me to like from like and like the whole car thing. So I don't know that I knew anything. I can't remember what history to like. Yeah, I the social studies and history that we did in primary school. They didn't mention (laughs) from like (laughs) it is to my old school. (laughs) So. Yeah, but look, did you guys know her at least as as Fela's mom? I, I knew. Like I mean, I when might. I did the research, I did know her. I knew the full story, sorta. Yeah. Well, like at least her ending story and what she did, and I guess oh. what she was involved in. Yeah. For the most part and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I knew her as Fela's mom. Yeah. So, but that was not until I was like sixteen. You actually wanted so. to look into it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was one of those um, current affairs books. You oh, know yeah. those things where like they literally ask random history questions and they oh, yeah. write the answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I knew her from there. But then also, I think it's also kind of when we started the podcast. Um, and I would watch like all these uh, old Nigerian videos, and I just saw her in those, and they would mention her name, but I never really thought to properly look into her and stuff like that. But I think the NSARS thing really got me curious as to you know women that have done stuff in the past because I know for a fact that this is not the first time that women are coming together even the abba riots i feel like it has been flying a lot around since nsars started like since i mean i yeah so i'm just gonna say like i've definitely heard about it and i heard about it from like twitter and like honestly like twitter has been such an education in my life yeah like i have learned so an educator rather i've heard i've learned so much from like twitter so i feel like that's also kind of where i heard about the abba women's riots first like i don't remember hearing about it so anywhere else i mean they may have really taught me in school but i can't lie the main history that i remember from like primary school is like king jaja vokbobo um um something nana of something nana i don't know something like that like (laughs) like you know things like that like that's actually what i remember like i don't actually remember them teaching me about like yeah yeah but yeah yeah. same same yeah but like um yes sorry no, I was about to say they talked about King Jaja Opobo in primary school. Yeah, there was yeah, that's where I learned it. Yeah, there was literally yeah. yeah. The book was that's where called I... King Jaja Opobo. Mm-hmm. Ah. That's literally where I learned it, and then I obviously learned about like Socrates for whatever reason. I do not know why, but I fully remember learning about yeah Socrates <laughs> and who was that guy that always asked why. I can't remember who it was, but one second. So I literally. I literally. Which primary school did talk, you go to? Talk class. <laughs> you want to plug your primary school? I don't get. I didn't pay me money. <laughs> but um, I went to Emerald, Emerald Primary School. 
Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, like then I don't know. We're trying like, to train you guys to be the next philosophers. You know, <laughs> a pause. <laughs> yeah, the Abba riot is like similar to kind of what we'll delve into with the um Abel Kita Women's Union. They were basically protesting taxes that were placed on them. So I think market women then were exempt from taxes, and like the British people shot were trying to impose taxes, and they were like, nope. So they literally they went crazy. Go crazy, yeah. <laughs> I'm screaming. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Gen Z. (laughs) They literally, like, they not only attacked the European-owned stores and banks and broke into prisons, but um, they released inmates. Does this sound... um familiar yep. they also torched um, native courts um, run by colonial administrators so it was really crazy and like you know the, the colonial police was called to intervene and they, they killed like a lot of people colonial like, police yeah it sounds mad, mad. <laughs> yeah so Imagine that's the Abba yeah. women's riot but I think we can delve into that in a different episode but basically mm-hmm. Fumilai was she was an educator in Nigeria and like a political campaigner and most importantly a women's rights activist I think her family was like pretty much middle class and everything and it's rumored that her grandmom was a a slave that eventually returned back or escaped or something so like slave from where uh, so I, I, no, I don't ha- get sorry i don't know the full story don't ask me <laughs> she was okay. a slave at some point and she okay was cool. she was i guess there's a gene for um what's it called she's a, she was a revolution i'd be fighting in yeah. their blood yeah so uh, i wonder if things like that sorry i know this is kind of like strain off but i just wonder if things like that gets pa- like get passed down get passed down like why is that so hard like i mean do you think if like your grandfather was like an activist like you know things like that do you think they do get passed down if you think about it though fella's mom was an activist fella was an activist sheon kutsi and all of them are activists but i don't know if it's much of a gene thing as much as the way you are raised philosophy thing. yeah so kind of like a a thing that you are taught so it's like mm. i think it's a way of thinking because even when i was reading from Laya's story i was like honestly i feel like this has to have been taught because this way of thinking yo they said that sometimes when she would go into meetings with colonial people she would only speak yoruba and like they would be scrambling around i to love find, it you know, i fully love it <laughs> i mean i mean i i mean considering um her if her, if it's true that her great grandmother was a slave that returned that woman probably instilled in them see this white people ain't shit ain't man. shit <laughs> probably like, can't you see how Yo. i came back from that <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's so wild though now i'm really trying to think of if there's like one character in my parents that they've passed down to me like you know, just by teaching fighter? i'm not a freedom fighter no, but i'm like not even freedom fighter ish but like any just like any trait. like trait that i feel it like really is i'm sure hmm. let me go and sit down yeah. and think about it yeah yeah so her father was into agriculture i think their family was kind of middle <laughs> agric Agri- why said we should go back to agric <laughs> see her father was middle class so think about it think think about it <laughs> so, um but they believed in education of both boys and girls so she was one of the first women to attend the abiel kuta grammar school in 1914 and she would go on to eventually go back there to teach but at, at that point in time i love a full circle you know and at that time a lot of women did not have post-secondary education but in 1919 she left to go to wincham hall school for girls in, sorry in, in, guys, i know i keep cutting you but it's just funny it's like winch okay winch. sorry go ahead go ahead i might not be pronouncing this right but i'm i'm seeing it and it's spelled wincham wincham, <laughs> wincham. So, wincham it is <laughs> so she went to um wincham god it doesn't sound right anymore mama I, i'm sorry i'm sorry but it's wincham wincham let's go wincham she, she went to england she had to pursue her studies like post-education and um you know she learned things like elocution and um dressmaking and stuff they used to go to university for those- <laughs> elocution in your school you know now the way to pronounce <laughs> imama remember when they brought <laughs> mr akazway oh oh my god do you remember mr akazway yeah i do they used to teach you <laughs> elocution pronounce words Oh, okay. Like, as correct be a proper to, so you can, yeah, yeah. So you can teach uh, English, I guess. That yeah, it's just like correct pronunciation. None of us took it serious. Oh, I, I, I mean, I like it's so crazy because we still left, we still it. left school saying pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> so like. I mean, that was done in primary school. But the person who was trying to teach us that was Ganyan. So he <laughs> so it was a hair. <laughs> 
I <laughs> am screaming. You know what's crazy? I didn't know. I didn't know he was Ghanaian until I came to Canada and I met other Ghanaians. Right? Like, oh my god! Oh, that was what they were trying to teach me that time. That, that is year. actually too funny. You know what? Ghanaians so cool. swear they have the queen's the English. best English. They say pasta. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, 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 guys. Let's not bash them. Let's not bash them. I think, I think, I think, I think South Ghanaian. Africans have the closest to Queen's English out of all the Africans. I think if you're talking about Africans people, you can say yes. So that's white South Africans. But then, like, no, not white South Africans. Have you heard like a, a proper, 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 like not proper, proper, but like I mean, be common. Wait, South okay, African. but you know what? Wait, yeah, are we talking? Wait, wait, guys, are we talking? Because I feel like we could be talking two things. Like, are we talking pronunciations or are we talking accents? Because, like, you know, accents is different, right? Pronunciations? I think South Africans are No, but the way you pronounce words is is kind of dictated by the accents you have. Yeah, but, yes, but, like, for instance, like, you could literally... I'm trying to think of something, like... Okay, so it's like saying... You can say Australians have a better... Australians. uh, Like... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Australians are closer to the Queen's English just because the accent is closer to the British accent. Like that saying, like I don't know, Nigerians, for example, because like our accents are like not close to the British accent. Like do you get what I'm trying to say? But like a Nigerian could also pronounce words better than an Australian. Is what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Let's. Leave I that know. One let's let's leave that one for <laughs> for the elocutionists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, it's interesting too because before she returned back to Nigeria in 1922, she dropped her English names francis and abigail so initially her name was francis abigail um fumilayo ransom that's a very she long name she she, she just said so no bro i don't want these colonial names and a lot of people oh are like it's God. probably due to the racism that she faced and it's that an interesting sense. thing and it's something i wanted us to discuss as well the idea of dropping english names because later in her life her son fella I mean, Fela Kuti, everybody knows mm. him, altered his last name to, rather than Ransom Kuti, he um, named himself Anikolapo Kuti, which mm. discards the Ransom past, which has European influence, and Francis. changed it to, uh, Anikolapo means warrior um, who carries strong Isn't protection. is Ransom Kuti um, her mm. husband's name? Her husband's last name? Yeah, but then Fela is the son, so he took the husband's last name. Oh, okay. No, I'm just I'm just saying because, like, you mentioned when she came back in uh, 1922, she... Oh, no, she dropped her first name so her her name was Frances Abigail Abigail from Lyon I think her last name okay. before she her um, maiden last name was like Thomas or something like that uh-huh. but like I think she dropped the first names anyways and mm-hmm. um, became Fumilayo rather than Abigail Francis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting though because like I mean like, I guess I was even saying this before we did start recording Yeah, like I feel like Calling her Fumilaya just seems very, very disrespectful. I think we're, co- like, we're talking about her, not like, we're not addressing like her. Ma- we're just, yeah, we're not addressing her. We're talking about her life. So I think it's fine to say her name. She's a mate. Like, she's not, she's not a mate. Um, that? <laughs> so, Please don't I'm let saying, her ghost come out. <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, we're talking about her as a character almost because it's like, mm. it's been a while since she's been dead and stuff. So we're talking yeah. about her life and time. So would you say, Mrs. Uh, I mean, you can, but like, it's not necessary. Can I call her like FRK? She gets like. So that one is F-R- not real. <laughs> I, say, yeah, give me a I don't know. Abbreviation. I don't know, but I just feel like say, oh, for me, like, okay, it's okay, it's okay. I'll, I'll be very, I'll so when become you're okay with about, it. For instance, like Malcolm X or um, what's his name? Do you say Mister? Yeah, that, you hey, say but, okay, Mr. okay, no, Mad- see, see, let me that tell that you. There's a no, but see. <laughs> Okay, but see, I feel like there's there's a difference. There's a difference in that they're not Nigerian. Like in the Nigerian culture, it's almost like it's like for instance, like at work, I don't call or even like at work or in my day to day life, like I don't call my other people in like wherever I am, Mrs. or Mr. I call them by their first name because of the area of the world we are in. Why am I speaking like this today? But the part of the world (laughs) that we're in. But like if I was in Nigeria, I probably had to add like a miss or like a missus to that. So I feel like it just depends on what they are. Like even like when when I say Wale Shayinka, like I can say Wale Shayinka, but I feel like I won't feel awkward sometimes. I feel like I should put something in front. You feel awkward saying Wale Shayinka? So weird. What do you want to say, sir? (laughs) Sir Wale. Sir Wale. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, you know what? Let's drop it. Let's drop it. Let's continue. <laughs> Mr. Walesho Honestly, Mr. Walesho I know, but I'm saying that makes Mr. sense if you're addressing him. Like, if like you were person. to talk to Walesho you wouldn't, you might not say Walesho you might add the Mr. Sir. But we're not addressing the person. We're literally talking about the person's life. So it's, okay. it seems unnecessary, but like, I mean. No, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead. So, yeah. Oh, you what guys, do you guys think normalize... about the English? Normalize calling um, older Sorry, people what? by their first oh, name. Oh, they are by their name. When they are, we're talking about them, not to them. So, like, our parents, for example, when we're talking eh? about them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, that was a segue. Continue, continue, guys. Mr. Idris, what is his first name? No, no, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> just say, relax, relax, relax. <laughs> yeah, so, um, like, I, I just wanted to discuss the idea of dropping English names. Like, you know, once mm. you come, come to a certain level of consciousness and realize that this is not the name of your forefathers. Because you Imama, see, throughout secondary school, we called Imama, Imama. <laughs> to, um, no, honestly, see, I have, I have a, I have a st- whole story of why I'm called Tiffany. Okay. I mean, like, obviously, like, in secondary school, Tiffany was, always my middle name like like people i like i don't know if you i don't know if you knew but like i know like some other some people in school actually knew my name was tiffany yeah, and like no, they even used to jokingly call me tiffany once in a while yeah. but like i mean it's like tiffany has always been my name but i do think like the whole dropping the english name thing is definitely a discussion that i would like to have like as a I mean, whole different topic but like we are talking about no no i know but like i mean like as a whole different conversation okay. but like i do think going by your traditional name is that the word or like your native name Mm -hmm. i think it's very very important and like i feel like it just holds like i mean i i fully get why when people get to like a certain level of consciousness like i fully understand why they drop their english name because even for me like as much as like you know some people call me tiffany like at work and stuff like that i always try to make sure that they know that my name is imama and tiffany is my middle name like i always try to make sure that exactly like you know the only reason why you're calling me tiffany is because i've decided to make it easier for you so it's like for instance but it's like, like even why are we trying to make it easier i know that's the thing yeah. why are we trying to make it easier so i but guess it's yeah like, it should be a topic on its own it really should be a topic yeah. on its own but i never know like lately i've even come to because i can't remember what year it was but there was a point in my life where i was like you know what i i almost started regretting having people call me tiffany i was like i really want them to call me imama like i really want them to struggle and call me imama but then one time i started making people call me imama and they just butchered it so much and I was like you know what I don't even know that I want to hear that from your mouth <laughs> like I feel like I want you to go back to calling me Tiffany so yeah. I don't know I feel like there's really like a lot of faces to that conversation because it's like it could be a thing where it's like okay I want you to respect my name so call me the one that's easier for you but also it's like why don't I like why am I not making you twist your tongue like you would for other names and like why don't you actually call me my name but mm-hmm. man I don't know I think I think traditional names hold a lot of history for sure like in terms yeah. of my own name to- yeah i always wondered if like either a like i wonder who in my history decided to give the whole family the last name idris it kind of sounded just weird to me because i was just like how can you drop i i I'm, I'm kind of half convinced that somebody among maybe there was a slave amongst my family members because like i'm just like Madu, how is she it has that assigned slave in her history no? <laughs> <laughs> no either that or like i'm just like did they brainwash you so much that you were like okay 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 we're just going to get rid of like, wait it's just a white person name no it's a it just is an arabic arabic name. name yeah is it i didn't even yeah. know Loki. I guess I've just I've just heard it so much in Nigerian context that I just kind of seems like a, yeah. So I'm just like I don't know. Oh, I think about that person from time to time, and I'm just you like, said they brainwashed someone in your <laughs> No, they they did brainwash the person because I'm just like I don't know why you'd you'd be like okay I, I'm gonna take this religion, but not only that I'm gonna get rid of my, my last, last name. name. Oh my gosh, I unless someone in our like a teacher in our secondary school that mm-hmm. his last name was Ogun something. And then mm-hmm. later on, before we left, he changed his last name to Oluwa something just because, like, Ogun is a god, right? Was so, a like, god, yeah. People that used to be associated to the god or something, like, their last names would be after Ogun something, like Ogun Dele or Ogun Lere, that kind of thing. Mm. But then, because they're now Christian, they decided that they don't want to be associated to now? that. Uh, no, but I, but, see, I, but I feel like that. I feel like that's slightly history, different, though. though, because it's like, see, I feel like that's slightly different because when he changed it, he didn't change it to like 
Winchester Dilly or something. Okay, he's yeah, still sure, cutting like, off like he's a still cutting history, off his you know? generation. Yeah, the, because the maybe Hadiza's Hadiza's family last name was Orisha something. Do you get what yeah, I mean? So and then the person now ages. said, "Yo, no, Anyways. I don't like it. I'm, I've converted to Islam now. Let me change uh, my last name." Do you get what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's possible. Mm. I mean, I understand people have choice and everything, but yeah, I mean, like I don't know. I feel like, I feel like honestly, those things even make for. I feel like those things even make for like almost like a good history lesson, like. You're like you're saying the history of my family, and you're like you know, at a point in my family, yeah. our surname was Ogundele, and like you know, when we did convert to, I don't know, make, write a diary. She I gets. Think, I, think, <laughs> I think that you're you're more likely to preserve that history if you actually keep your last name because somebody along the family line will be keeping the history versus like having the name change so many times. Like the history is lost basically over yeah. generations. You're basically wiping out history. Yeah. I mean, I feel like so if you keep a diary, you might be okay. I'm crying. <laughs> but the thing the about diary. a lot of African history is that it's not documented. It's not written. So like when the colonial people, I said colonial people, colonizers, when they came and they basically convinced people that what they're doing is bad and they just changed things. There was nothing that was like proper written down and documented. So a lot of things just changed because of people's decisions, which is fine. It's completely fine. It's your decision and everything. But yeah, I, I was thinking about it because it's hard for me. I have never ever been called anything else but Matilda. Oh, that's true. Your name is fully English. Yeah, my name is fully English. It's my first name. It's on my passport. It's been everything. You have a Yoruba so. name. What's your Yoruba name again? Adiola. Adiola. And and it's beautiful. It's just that nobody, literally nobody in my life, not even Let's my family has called me. Diola. I mean, you can, you can, but even my family gave me this other name that's not my passport, Busayo, and my dad's part of the family oh. calls me that once in a while. But then... No one has ever called me my middle name Adiola. So it's like, Adiola. even if I drop mm. my first name, it's almost like also my identity and everything I've known. So it's also weird for me, even though I'm aware that this is an English name and it means nothing to my history and stuff like that. So I don't know, maybe in the future. But yeah, so um, so she moved back to Nigeria yeah, in 1922 and she married uh, Fela's dad. He's fine. Don't worry. And she became um, <laughs> fine. Like Aspa, I don't know his name. I forgot. But actually, why we never talk about Fela's father? I Sorry, think he ahead. died at some point. He died of prostate cancer, I think. So like he might just he not was, be talked about. He was just trying to live an average life. He was the principal. He was an man. educator, yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, okay. So I guess man's probably didn't want that much problem. Yeah, his his own grandfather was not a slave. Remember, it did not come from his own lineage. So get. It's true. He was just like, you know, my life is relaxed. Let's go about it. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she came back, and then she was one of the founding people of the Ab- Abiokita Ladies Club, and initially it was like a social club where you know middle class people just came together you know talk about self-development and stuff like that but um story has it that fella's mom i'm sorry no i'm not going to call her that no she has her name and she's important (laughs) so um fumilayo Fumilayo, um basically had i see what you mean mama it's weird Fumilayo had a friend that was not literate and she was asking her to teach her to read and write basically and then from there the club which was then run by Fumilaya as well um, she decided to start holding literacy classes for less educated women and love market women that. right and so over the years like things started happening where the market women were imposed with taxes from like the colonial masters and stuff like that so I guess because they already started kind of joining together with the market women they eventually called it the Abiokta Women's Union um, mm. which started November 1947 and it started as a campaign against the tax increase so um it's very interesting and it's an idea that i also wanted to discuss because they were campaigning towards like a problem in the system but it was kind of a mix between women that are educated and women that are less educated so is there kind of like an importance in that because right now we are having conversations you know about NSARS and all Mm -hmm. but they eventually achieved what they set out to they literally protested for like three years and stuff but um, yeah they they really did and also interesting thing is that because they were a mix of educated and non-educated people they made it a point to only speak Yoruba in the meetings and events and Mm -hmm. to wear like traditional attire to like every meeting 
I love that inclusivity. Are we, yeah, are we doing that right now? Because I feel like every time we make movements, it's always about no. one class and leaving out the rest. You know what? No. I mean, I feel like this conversation is also very important, to be very honest. And like, I do think there is definitely such an importance in, like, you know, merging that gap. Like, essentially bringing in the educated and the non-educated people of the upper class and the lower because i feel like it's very important especially when you're trying to cause a change it's like especially with bad governance like almost everybody from all the classes are affected except maybe like the upper 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 class but like political usually class, really. yeah the political, yeah. political class but like most people are affected and even more so like the lower like the lower class it's kind of like i don't know if we discussed it on the podcast or if it was just a discussion randomly where we were saying how um essentially for some people are uh, for the people in the lower class like when they're going to vote it's really and truly whoever gives them rice yeah like you know that they will vote for or whoever it is that decides to be like okay i'll give you 5k that will vote that they will vote for but it's like if they actually truly understood what it is that they were voting for maybe they would not sell their votes as much maybe they would actually be like oh like you know we should collect the rice but we should vote for somebody else type thing because they have now been educated so i feel like it's things like that that kind of makes it important and with this whole ensas movement or like even other movements that are coming about in the new age i do see a lot of like social social media presence which is great but there's a huge number of nigerians especially the ones in the lower class that are not on social media so there's actually this thing that i saw during ensars that i thought was very interesting is they had actually kind of gone around putting oh, posters. posters yeah and i feel like honestly i thought that was so cool because even me in my own bubble as sad as as it is and as privileged as it sounds i do kind of forget that there are other people that need to be reached like you know that it's not just on social media you can shout on social media as much as you want but if like 90 percent of the nigerians are not on social media is like what next 10 percent of the nigerians can not just carry the change so like i just thought like you know that the posters and everything i thought that like, they were so interesting and they were so important because i think they were even some in pigeon like broken english yeah and i just thought like it was so important to like spread that message out and i feel like we should definitely do more of that because like that's definitely an important way to make change and i also feel like it's also almost classes to just ignore the lower the people in the lower class and just think oh yeah dead lower class they can't really do much we'll just do what we can like i feel like it's so classes because to be very honest a lot of them have not given have not been given the opportunity like they haven't been provided with the resources it's like there's a lot of things that are causing them to be where they are yeah it's just very classes to ignore like the great minds that could be in the lower class to be very honest and even the not so great minds because i mean they're all being affected i mean like they're not so great minds across the classes right yeah. but i feel like you know it's important for you to just acknowledge every single person because they're people period like they don't have to have great minds they don't have to be the smartest thinkers but i just think yeah it's definitely an important what's the word action yeah movement i don't know an important stuff's yeah, yeah i agree yeah i think it's also interesting to see like the very conscious efforts that they put in because mm-hmm. it's like a thing to like go out and make it a okay today we are actually going to focus on the lower class rather than we are integrating with the lower class mm. and going to make sure that we are speaking for example presenting broken, as one yeah presenting as, as one not that us will hold our own meeting and then sure. the lower class will include a difference mm-hmm. yeah it's almost as if it's our movement but we're including them we're including them that's not the case like there they literally they would gather together have meetings together but they made sure that those meetings were done in a language that includes everyone Mm -hmm. which goes back again to our pigeon episode like if you go back to episode was it 61 where we had our pigeon episode and we're talking about the importance of pigeon and everyone knowing pigeon Mm -hmm. like this this is one of the instances that it comes into play because the lower a lot of the lower people cannot communicate in, in English. In English. So to say that we're going to discard of a language where a lot of people in the country speak and only communicate with is the only unifying thing is to actually disadvantage us because we would never mm-hmm. come together that way. I really wish there was like almost like I don't know if it's called like stats keeping but like something that recorded like stats in Nigeria that was actually accurate because like I really am very curious as to, like I know it's it's a lot to hope for and it's a lot to dream for and it's so sad that it's a lot to hope and dream for but like I really really am curious as to the amount of people who 
can speak pidgin and understand pidgin nigeria and the ones that can't like i'm just like i really want to see the numbers like i'm so curious i also know that there are, there are probably also some that only know how to speak their native languages so like i really am just curious as to like what what does that look like i mean honestly i feel like it's really things like this that can help with movements in nigeria and that's why the government probably doesn't want us to have yeah, like honestly this, like stats in our hands because it's like the power that that has also helps the government understand the distribution of people do they want to understand you see they do you want to understand the statistics in nigeria are bullshit like i i i think i've said this on the podcast 80 percent 80 percent things are known they literally just wake up and they're like 80 percent seems right 80 percent seems right you know 80 percent of of nigerian women 80 percent of nigerians like bro where is it from where where was the study conducted yeah but like i actually listened to a podcast with someone that used to work for one of those things where they took um the census in nigeria and he literally said like there were times where they would literally skip a whole village and be like and like the, the number would be around yeah that's what they do see wow. all the stats in nigeria bs to me sure but it's so sad yeah it is sad but um oh my gosh really interesting fact as well the abelkuta women's union was formed by fumilayo and eniola shrinka who is wale shrinka's mom but here's the more interesting fact eniola shrinka was fumilayo's sister-in-law which makes wale shrinka and fela kuti cousins yeah i didn't know that there's nothing in their blood i think it's their blood it's the blood see he's so, the blood oh my god there's this oh my god there's this okay sorry guys go ahead i was about to sing a song but just I go <laughs> <laughs> but i found that really interesting i didn't know that how did you know that i didn't know that as well who Have said i knew it <laughs> oh uh during my time googling uh for me liar yeah i was like yo dead ass but yeah it was interesting anyways but um so yeah as we said they were protesting against um the imposed taxes that were being put on women um because alongside income tax and water usage market women were also forced to pay a special tax and just for context then nigeria was that's 1947 right nigeria was Mm -hmm. still not independent and we were under like an indirect roof. So what they mm-hmm. did was um they got uh representatives? Yeah, they got representatives Chief basically. Representatives. So chiefs chiefs who were appointed by the colonial rulers versus um the people, right? And the people yeah. were really used to appointing their own rulers themselves essentially. Yeah. So I think what had happened is I think they just wanted to kind of not spend too much resources in their colonies. Mm-hmm. So rather than have British people actually sit down there and like direct everything, they appointed their chiefs and everything. So mm-hmm. back then, Nigeria had been divided into 24 provinces. And then... I'm screaming, okay, Canada 2.0. You probably, you know, you know, we had the idea. So, um, for administrative reasons, each province was divided into divisions and districts. So, each division had um this thing called a sole native authority, or short form SNA. It's basically the administrative body for the district, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm just giving an idea of like what Nigeria, how Nigeria was run back in those days. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it's not the same, it's not necessarily the same Nigeria we know now. So they appointed chiefs basically who ran the um, sole native authorities. And I think they said then the British people, let me paraphrase from what I know. So, Asterix, she is paraphrasing. So paraphrasing, I don't really know, but they said like, I think it was after the Second World War. So one of the worst, yeah one of the world wars, the British people were under scrutiny that their colonies were very underdeveloped. So I think rather than come up with the money themselves, they were trying to reach within the colonies to make up money so that they can develop the colonies. So they were trying to squeeze the colonies to make money for the colonies so they look good. I think that's what they said. That was the allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> so so they, were, they were taxing people just anyhow. And like, it's one of the things like the... um. I think the about women's riots was like 
10 years earlier, it had been around 1929. So the About Women's Riots was in 1929. And it was kind of about the same thing where they were just imposing taxes that the people were like, this is unfair. And they were um, protesting, which is similar to what happened in Abelkuta, where they just mm-hmm. imposed the tax on the market women. And they're like, where do you want us to get this money from? Actually, like, we don't make that much money as, and they used to, apparently they used to like literally go into people's houses, individual houses, to like collect the tax and basically you know razak people and seize people's goods like rice and stuff like that to pay for the tax so it's like even if you can't afford it they don't care they just want the money and it just didn't make sense to them which is why they formed the union so what had happened is when they initially started i think they tried to protest and they didn't give them the permits. Like, they didn't give them the permits to protest. Does that sound familiar? I don't know. <laughs> Nigeria, mm, right now, it sounds familiar. It's funny because what they did was um, they held... <laughs> I'm dying at the fact they called it picnics, though. <laughs> <laughs> so they said colonize but not really <laughs> yeah so they didn't give them permits and um they started holding demonstrations which they refer to as picnics and festivals because i mean <laughs> we don't have the permits right so they did that so i found that really interesting because i mean now that we are not allowed to uh, at least in some parts of nigeria that they've basically declared it illegal to protest that's an idea i don't know um mm. but they also wrote they have picnics to, and festivals exactly they also wrote a lot of petitions and letters to newspapers even though right now that might not seem like a viable option because yeah. um the newspapers too are saying rubbish i think they're <laughs> by like the governments is basically they don't want the press to loud it too much but we still mm-hmm. have like arise tv for example and then they also held a lot of press conferences and oh my gosh it's so funny because apparently there was this time that they went to have a picnic a festival outside uh-huh. the palace of the um the ruler at that point in time and yeah. um there was a visiting british district officer and he was oh, trying okay. to leave the palace they blocked him from leaving and apparently fumi Layo sat down inside his car and would not let him <laughs> press the brake for a long time. Oh like, my like, god. So like that yes. is the kind of woman she was. Like she was, Yeah. And by the way, she was the president of the um Abiyokata Women's Union. So all of this was happening under her um, rulership. So yeah. um, they were also like protesting the removal of that other guy. The chief basically, he, I think his name was Alake or something, that had imposed the tax. Even though, let's be very honest, even though he was doing bad things, I think ultimately the decision for the tax usually comes from the British people. But I mean, sure, let's remove him and stuff. So <laughs> I think eventually they sent him into exile or something so they actually the british people actually removed the alake guy i guess they caused enough stir and like media media um presence they had a lot of media presence then and that's a huge deal because right now even though in nsars we had a lot of media presence it was also made a bit easier by social media but think Mm -hmm. about it back then they literally have to contact newspapers send letters Mm -hmm. hold press conference find connections and stuff it was just a bit more a bit harder i would say Mm. yeah Oh, oh! There was also a time in 1947, and I'm just going through like things that she had done because I told you like that protest lasted three years, but they eventually got that tax removed from the market women, mm-hmm. and um, they got the alake. Three guy. years, you know, like so that we consistency. Just started, guys. We just started actually. Like wow, and SARS, yeah. and I think it's also important talking about things like this because I think for whatever reasons we believe that our ancestors and people in the past just sat down and allowed the status quo but i think it's just we were born into this idea of democracy so a lot of people a lot of our parents have seen the military rule and since mm-hmm. they've now said this democracy they don't want to try to oppose what they've yeah democracy so i i think even also ptsd parents, i mean yeah a lot of our parents protested like my dad was saying june 12th like he proper protested as well so um so <laughs> other things that she did included in 19 47 the national mm-hmm. council of nigeria and the cameroon party west they sent some delegates to london to protest a proposed constitution of nigeria and like mm-hmm. she was the only woman she was the only woman delegate that was sent there and i found that mm-hmm. very interesting because like i mean they were talking about how the constitution disadvantages um disadvantages this 
disadvantages. I think that's a good word. I, th- I think that's a correct word. Yeah. Okay, it disadvantages Nigerians. But then she also went oh. to speak on behalf of women as well. So mm. I think she had, she, she shall used to talk a lot about stuff like that. But oh, one thing I would like us to discuss is like, at some point, she stirred a lot of um, havoc by um, writing an article that basically argued that British colonial rule um, had severely marginalized, marginalized Nigerian women, both politically and economically. So she basically stated that before the British people arrived in Nigeria, life was mainly agricultural and there mm-hmm. was a fairer division of labor between men and women. And that mm-hmm. when they came, they basically came and imposed their ideas of women and men and their positions in society. Society. Which I think mm-hmm. we, we had that discussion. I mean, she did not lie. Matriarchal episode, remember? Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I mean, I don't think she lied. I don't know. Like, I feel like... I don't know why the article was um, mind-blowing, I guess. Yeah, mean. I don't get. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a bit confused. Not, like, why did it cause that much controversy? No, we were still under the British. I mean, yeah, but like, but I mean, I, mean, I feel like it's it's, just it's a different how thing. Who she was then true like i feel like it's just a different person. thing if the british people at once that were saying no 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 no, as opposed to like actually i don't know i don't know what the controversy was about like was it nigerian people opposing what she was saying or the british people because i mean like it seems like it was so controversial she should not lie too because <sighs> those ones the I men were saying that um imagine nigeria right now and imagine a woman being that powerful and they were just saying that <laughs> she's the same way they say calling feminist coalition a cult so exactly. i feel that it's like the same thing they were saying that she's influencing the abelkuta women to be overly <laughs> ambitious or something like that mad <laughs> i'm just like this is something that has stayed consistent in nigeria but I think it's just very interesting because I think there's also an idea that it's now that women are rising up, it's now that feminists are becoming a thing. Do you get what I mean? But this is a mm-hmm. woman in, like, she was, what, she came back to Nigeria in 1922. I think, I think she was the version of, like, our what's going on now because she was literally born in 1900s, right? Yeah. And I feel like she probably came, and obviously she traveled abroad, came back. She, she had this idea of, like, you know, we need to reform and st- I don't know but like I feel like like F- she, she's FKM basically be- like feminist coalition the yeah, like fem- she yeah. formed what they exactly. so it's just interesting yeah. to see like these ideas are not new is what I'm saying. Like, I feel like... They've been there. They've been there. So, like, I feel like people in Nigerian culture like to be like, oh, the uprising of women. I think it's only now that we are starting to really talk about, you know, we, we take it down to social things, like, oh, who's to cook and stuff like that. And I think mm. people are shocked, but it's like a different wave because then they were arguing for equality and stuff like that in paying taxes and fighting things like that. Enfranchisement Enfranchising of, women. like, women. Wait, was it but, that they made women pay more taxes then or was it more like i think it was probably a thing where fair. like most yeah i think it was the taxes were unfair and like most market women were, we're not making women yeah. yeah and there were also women like exactly. you didn't really see that many market men, men not that they weren't there but you know exactly yeah Okay. But yeah, exactly. And um, there were also a lot of cons- um, conferences that were um, discussing the national constitution back then. Um, so in 1949, she represented Abiyokita and was the only woman in the um, Western Provinces Conference that was talking about the constitution. So her voice was very important in the formation of like the constitution and stuff like that. So... Yeah. Oh, so she was a she was a senator, basically. No, like my she... dear, no. She, you know, like they just have like conferences to like talk about the constitution that is being proposed and stuff. I think I didn't even know that a normal people were allowed like in that. She was. She it was like wasn't a that delegate, she was actually I guess. a. So she wasn't a key. Like she wasn't someone who actually held political um, post. Yeah, held a political post. So she the did. Confer- she... Do those conferences exist today still? Is what know. I mean. Because I'm just know. like. That sounds like a senator type. Position. Yeah, maybe that wasn't a thing because think again, that was pre pre Col- um, um independence. Independence, exactly. Yeah. So the constitution might not have been post colonial Nigeria's constitution. Look at what she was doing for her her consti- uh, constituency. Did people see that thing on Twitter where <laughs> post your post your um, yeah, senator and your the senator constituency? And yeah. Her her own record would have been good. 
okay let's go ahead though. so like i know you asked basically like if she was in um politics and yeah she eventually um went into politics she was a founding member of the ncnc party in 1959 oh that's a year before independence it's the national council of nigeria and the cameroons i don't know what was happening mm. there with the cameroonians but i don't know i don't know maybe we'll look into yeah but like why is a party involved with the cameroons? you guys have you ever met someone from cameroon africanism yeah it's actually I have. so cool you what? have yeah i've just never met anyone from cameroon before <laughs> what so you're about to be, uh, come up with a, co- a conspiracy theory no, 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 no. <laughs> like do they exist no 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 <laughs> i have i had a friend and she uh, unless she broke into french i absolutely had no idea i thought she was nigerian like they have very nigerian leanings or that's me do they? Cameroon, cameroonians and congolese people seem very nigerian to me yeah. congolese nah congolese people don't seem nigerian to me i'm surrounded by them fully surrounded by them (laughs) (laughs) and they do not seem nigerian to me they're like nigerian with a with a very interesting twist what's the twist like um (laughs) snake skin (laughs) shoes no they don't seem i don't know they don't seem very nigerian to me like i feel feel like if like maybe the only reason why they will seem nigerian to me is because they're they're also like very bubbly and you don't like it's like that's probably why because like you know we're we're bubbly and then congolese people are also very out there like they're very bubbly as well yeah but like other than that i can't really see it was i I don't know similar yeah yeah so yeah, um, so she was a founding member of the NCNC party and she ran as the NCNC candidate for the regional assembly, but I think she lost. And then I think Shisha eventually acted as the treasurer for them, for the Western Committee and later became the president of the NCNC's women organization. So it seems like she always defaulted to women's women. rights and stuff like that. So it was nice. She tried to also run for the regional assembly again independence of them because i think at some points she visited china with the financial assistance of the women international democratic federation and you know then we were under british rule so it caught the british people's attention and then everybody was like anti-communist so they're like you went to china you have associations with communism that is so interesting interesting no it's so interesting because like i don't know if you guys have you guys watched the queen's gambit no no but okay so like there was this thing where like the main lead um she's obviously american and she has to go to russia and like, yeah. i guess like russia was russia was also communist right were they yeah yeah okay so russia was also communist so like literally um a church was going to sponsor her to go and when she was going to go they were literally like you have to kind of say you are against communism you have to actively preach against like when you're there yeah. that what they call it that jesus hates communists <laughs> that like literally they went into this whole speech about how like you know communist is very unchristian like and she has to make all these statements and like make all these declarations mm-hmm. against communists and how communism is like like they made it sound like the devil literally also and be, then uh, sorry religion can't also be um very political but continue though mm, i mean as we can see in american elections but another story mm. but <laughs> anyways so yeah i like they literally made it sound like the devil and she was like yeah i'm not gonna do that <laughs> you guys can take your money back if that's how we're scratching your back but like yeah. i'm absolutely not going to do that but yeah i mean it's just so interesting that like i guess like the same energy was used towards china by the british people like that americans were giving the russians yeah the yeah. more you know the more you know and it's interesting because they actually they refused her passport renewal because of that the following year because they wow. said that um, she has communist leanings it's funny because she also had a conference Someone or something in, yo she was proper you know a public figure she, out she, there she said she said if they kill me they kill me yeah that's, that seems like the energy she's riding on it with all be. these things she's even Felasha, like and that's eventually kind of how she was killed because it was just a thing of believing in principles that was kind of cowardly though of the nigerian government sorry to say kind of why are you sorry? they stay you doing cowardly stuff you killed a 76 year old woman by throwing her off her you first of all sent a thousand soldiers hmm. to fight one 76 year old woman somebody no, that's but a thousand they, soldiers no, they didn't send it because of her they sent it because of fella okay so why wait 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 can we can, because she yeah can somebody now. break that down well, oh, so okay. just th- we'll, okay. get there. we'll get there okay <laughs> she's still alive in our story 
Yeah. Rewind. So yeah. So and it's funny because she also tried to go to America for a certain thing and they denied her visa because again. Communist, communist leaning. Yeah. And she literally did not get her passport renewed until Nigeria gained their independence in 1960. So we understand mm. what was going on. Does that sound familiar? It sounds like something that the Nigerian yep, something that had. happened recently to mm. might say one one mo one mo babes. Yeah. One mo babes. But it, to me it sounds like honestly they are using the same tactics, tactics. that they've seen. Yep. But yeah, everything sounds very familiar in this story. I don't understand. Why can't they even elevate? Like, at least use different tactics. No. <laughs> but that's the mm-hmm. thing. That's why we don't know our history. Because if we knew our history, we would understand what they do. But yep. history is not even a mandatory thing in secondary school. So, like, I think they do it on purpose, to be very honest. But I would not be surprised. Even if history was mandatory, what history are they going to teach us? Would they really teach us history? What do you unquote. mean? Like, even if we did do history compulsory, would they really teach us the actual history? Would it Loki, be just... when I was in primary school, I thought Jaja of Opobo was fiction. I'm screaming. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't know. I am absolutely screaming. Because they made it into like a storybook and we studied it and stuff. And I was like, ah, this story man is very brave. But I didn't really, I didn't Story realize. man. I didn't realize it was a thing. Um, so yeah. Um, but later on, I think at some point, her husband had prostate cancer and everything. So, um, she struggled between like, you know, staying home with him. He eventually died, Sha. But, um, she continued on to set up National Women's Union throughout Nigeria. And mm. like, they now eventually made the Abel Kutas Women Union a chapter or like a, a section of the women's, Nigerian Women's Union. So she traveled around basically in conjunction to her political appointments and stuff. So she traveled around Nigeria to basically set up those, um, different chapters around. Um, and she also was very big on education. So she worked to establish, like, build new schools in Abiokuta. Um, throughout wow. her life and um, you know her third son who eventually became the fella that we all know was also very very big on criticizing the military governments when they came into into power and stuff I always wonder how um, people who live their lives as activists in this way um, I wonder how they keep up their cost of li- like their living situ- do you get like like how do you get paid like what's their she was a politician like? now Okay, so she was within the government while she's Yeah, I mean like I feel like they probably would have a way of making money. Yeah, they have a way. Like I don't know that they would just like recklessly jump into it. No, obviously I'm just like saying I wonder how. Like I wonder what their means is, what Mm. they do kind of thing. I feel like a lot of them They do the things. Like activism is a thing that like when you are advocating for all these things, they're usually like NGOs and NGOs are like funded. Do you get what I mean? Like they're usually okay. not paid. I I feel a lots of them are not proper proper rich, but like and usually it's the ones that are even like proper proper rich that people are like, mm, are you doing what you're meant to be doing? doing because like, yeah. are you using the money that we're giving you to go and fund your lifestyle? Yeah. But I mean, not saying obviously that they cannot have money from other means, but like they're those are the ones that people usually have. Yeah. yeah, they have family money. They also, I, I feel like they also have like lots of things that they're doing on the side or like just like things that they're doing that are giving them income because I'm really into jackpot. They have. To have like you know that's <laughs> extra stuff Jack but yeah yeah jackpot money honestly yeah. honestly yeah so like her son also was kind of an activist in his music and everything and he was harassed by the military many times but on this particular day i think he had re- released an album zombie or something like that which um, really really criticized I can't remember what it was, the specific thing it was criticizing, but they, they were like, we had enough. So Kalakuta was like this place where a lot of people would come and, you know, feel free to discuss ideas about the military. Because yeah, in the military regime, there was no freedom of speech. So then people would come there and, you know, feel free to, you know, have ideas. So a thousand soldiers were sent to basically distort like everything going on in Kalakuta and they threw her off in the process I think she was visiting she doesn't even she wow. didn't even live there and um yeah they threw her from then the second my story. question is why they throw her if she was not who she were looking for 
Yeah, why didn't they just like arrest her or something? I don't know. Honestly, Nigeria has really been. I mean, because like it's his mom, right? Because at that point she was like seventy eight. So it's like they'll kill your family to to try to like threaten you. That sounds like um yo, we're living in their mafia. We're living under a mafia government. Under a mafia rule. I mean, it was literally military rule at that point in time. Yeah, no, but it was still like I mean, like mafia. I feel like exactly for the person you're looking for. You, you, you killing family members that is really mafia like i don't know that that's military that's not military again no that's next that's another level that's another step i feel like you know it's very interesting because like you saying that like you know when had this i was saying oh why would they do like why would they do that he said it's military rule i feel like there was like a lot of things that were done in those days that people were like oh it was military was military rule that like you know they kind of just like touched on that that rug of it was the military rule but really it's not it's like, not like military rule you don't really have freedoms like that no i mean yes that's fair like we military there's a lot of strictness but i feel like they still do not just go off like chopping people people's heads off right but that's it's what like, happened no yeah but as i'm trying to say it's like that that might have been what happened but i feel like when people just toss it under the rug of it was a military rule they make it sound like it was almost okay like it was almost expected it was okay but what i'm trying to say is that it what even in the military rule it still should not have been expected. It should have been like, if you like, if you are in a defect or whatever it is, you get arrested or something like, you know, something of that sort. It's like something where there's like, more justice even if it might be like a harsher form of justice as opposed to oh we'll just shoot you and kill you because it was a military rule i feel like i don't know like that whole rug of it was military rule just kind of makes a lot of things that happened seem in those okay. days seem okay when they really weren't because there's no reason why sure it was a military rule but like is that why you throw a woman off the balcony no that might be why you arrest her yeah. without without explaining why you're arresting her and it's that might be why woman exactly but like i don't see that that's why you should like i mean that might be why you might even say okay i would like invest the Calakuta place because you know no no freedom of speech or all you guys are speaking against the government that might be why but like that's not why you would invade there and shoot the people like yeah I'm trying to say I just feel like I don't know if they shot them all but like you know I'm just kind of giving examples of like extremisms in this whole it was a military thing and it's just interesting how Nigeria but it's crazy because it's not even really the military as you said I agree but it's not Mm -hmm. even that because they're still doing the same thing now true they just tried to cover their their um, traces now then it was like okay no one can actually do anything we didn't say we're there democracy yeah, but like um, now they're saying they're a democracy so they kind of have to cover it's still, it it's really so it's really just thing. mafia <laughs> like that's really what it is yeah and it's, it's really, really just mafia power, if you really think about it when you deep it yeah. like it's just so interesting how, Niger- how the nigerian government has been saying from time that there is no freedom of speech like they've literally been telling you in this country we don't do that freedom of speech stuff that's for you and your pockets Hello. because like <laughs> question <laughs> was buhari the leader when um she was thrown out of the let me see i just want to know because if he was then dang this guy he's been rulers nigeria it was our he was it was oh abasanja abasanja okay yeah i was excited there for a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) madu he was he was the ruler from 1976 to 1979 so abasanja abasanja that brought internet i am uh, (laughs) abasanja makes me so upset because nowadays abasanja is writing letters up and down about uh, how about Sanjo Ikeji. They said he should start a blog. He'll be Linda Ikeji, but political. He's always writing advice, but I'm just like you. He was literally a military ruler. It's just because c- most of us knew him from 1999, which is around when we were alive. He was a military ruler 76 to 79. So let's not forget all you did then. Even what you did when you were actually a democratic ruler, because let's not forget what happened in Niger Delta so and around Nigeria so yeah he can like to act brand new because he's not in power but you know <laughs> but yeah so I mean she didn't even die immediately they threw her off she suspected oh, no. injuries, but she died eventually in the hospital in April oh wow that's sad yeah, that's pretty sad and I can't imagine being fella like honestly they must have dedicated their lives to activism because if it's me Hey, I will keep quiet after Jackpot, 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 Canada. <laughs> no lies, no lies. I will Jackpot, like straight up. Loki, though, I didn't know that Um, I watched this documentary on Bob Marley, and at a point, he actually also Jackpot from um, Jamaica because Did they he? proper, yeah, they proper, proper, like, came from. Honestly, him. I fully get it. Like, okay, I fully him. get it. Huh? 
Somebody came for Bob Marley. The government now. Remember Bob Marley? He was an was activist now. He was singing peace now. He said peace. Ah. Yeah, but he was an activist. Was an activist. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's so, cool. yeah. Another. I mean, that's the end of our discussion about Mrs. Mrs. Fumilera. <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> but I just feel like it's this important part of our history and a very important figure in our history that we usually leave out. So I just thought it would be a nice conversation to have. And Yeah, I know. I definitely agree. We also see a lot of parallels between what was going on then and what's going on now. And it also upsets me that like we don't talk a lot about these strong women characters because women are very oppressed in Nigeria. So I feel like mm-hmm. if we brought up our kids also hearing about these women and strong characters like people you don't know maybe if i learned about mrs from maybe i would have been <laughs> maybe i would have been an activist now who knows who knows who knows, who knows? Chance. exactly so tell your kids to tell their kids to tell their kids it's really important that we see figures that have done things in the past and kind of like replicate some of even the tactics that they took because mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we've been under the same oppressive government for a really long time so these things are not new so that our kids and can recognize the signs of abuse, the cycles of abuse. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cycle of abuse when you talk to relationship with Nigeria, you guys don't know. Yo, that is not it a spans, lie. It spans still. every 50 years, but it happens. It does not span, it's continuous. <laughs> the cycle repeats every 50, 20 to 50 years, the cycle repeats itself. No, no honestly, told. it's actually so sad, but man. Yeah, so with that, <sighs> we bid our adieu. No, adieu? Huh? Is that. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is it the adieu? <laughs> I don't even understand what's being said. What I don't papa. Is that what you were trying to say? Is that what you were trying, trying to say? To say? I Adios. don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Wait, okay. You know what? Wait, I don't say it. No. Wait, I, I think you're trying to say like we bid our farewell or something like bid, that. Let, let me find what I was trying to say. Bid our adieu. Yeah, yeah. Bid our. I bid you adieu. Adieu. No, it's not adieu. But somebody said adieu. It's adieu. It's adieu. Honestly, it's because I know. I feel like because it sounds like very very Nigerian say adieu, but it's actually adieu. We bid our adieu. Like you know, it's like farewell in like French. Sha is bye bye in it. Adios. Yeah. Isn't it? Isn't it? Adios. Adios is a different language. Adieu is like I. Matter. It's not adieu. Adio, adio, adio. Oh yeah, let's do Google pronunciation. I say adieu because it's spelled that way. It's like A D I E U. Okay, wait one second, one second. Let me do Google pronunciation. <laughs> you want adieu? to open my eyes? Okay, so Google is saying adio. Audio. audio like they're saying adieu adio, adio. Honestly, adio, adio. That's how they're saying it. I've heard Nigerians say bid adieu all my life. So adieu? Really? I've never heard adieu. No, but I think it's wrong. I actually agree with you. It's wrong. I also actually no. Actually, you know what? The British pronunciation is adieu. Oh, thank God. You say so. I'm I guess British? it makes sense. I'm British. Well, so yeah, British the British pronunciation a French word wrong. British people. Actually, I don't know. How do you actually pronounce it in French? One second. <laughs> yeah, over. I'm sorry. Isn't it a French word? It's a French word, yeah. It's a French word, yeah, but so it's like you... I think it's just one of those things that have been used in Become... it's a mm-hmm. phrase, right? I bid you adieu is like it's a phrase in oh, English. Okay, I so... do. It's not a do. Hey god, it's the adieu. Eric Abadu no need. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let's end the episode. Wait, wait, okay, wait, you know what? Can I okay let's end it with the French pronunciation. Let's end it with the French pronunciation. So we bid them Adieu. No, no. You that I said the French. No. It's not even we should wait. Let me say it. So we bid them adieu. Mm-hmm. That's the first one. No, we can end it. Just wait for this. Anyways, don't forget <laughs> to follow us at Africa Lipso Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and the Africa Lipso Podcast on Facebook to interact with our episodes. Let us know what your thoughts are on what we've talked about. Did you know about Fumilayo Ransom Kutia or anything about this? And just let us know your thoughts. We want to hear feedback from you guys and tell a friend to tell another friend to tell another friend. And yeah, catch you guys next week with the Amiibo interludes. Bye. 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 Have an awesome week, guys.